Hello everyone, my name is Griffin and welcome to Flight Sim Edge. It is 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is August 21st, Saturday, and it we are broadcasting from beautiful Tampa Bay, USA, go Rays. So, if you found us, it's probably by accident or perhaps serendipity. We don't do any self-promotion. We don't do any promotion on social media. We don't use any of the entities that broadcast uh, uh, or play podcasts. Um, you probably uh, just stumbled upon us. If you are a veteran listener and listen to our shows in the past, by all means, welcome home. Get a comfortable place to relax. Get a beverage of your choice because we are doing a bonus content. This is not episode 13. Episode 13 will follow in a couple of days. If you can tell by my voice or lack thereof, I have strep throat. I've had it for several days and uh, I have been tested. It's not COVID. So um, it just is what it is. And I haven't been able to talk. I could more or less talk now. I'm still pushing my vocal cords, so I am going to take a lot of breaks and sip a lot of Crystal Light iced tea, but uh, <clears throat> we'll try to get through it together. The reason why this is bonus content and not episode 13 is because this is just catching up to everything that's going on hardware-wise, software-wise, you name it. We got to talk about it because there have been uh, some... Um, new information and updates of uh, information uh, since our last podcast. I, of course, wanted to have a podcast before this one, but um, because I couldn't talk, I mean, I was talking like this. I tried to do one. I really, really did, um, but it, I just I just couldn't pull it off. Um, so we're going to do a bonus content. Uh, this is not going to be the Flight Sim Adventure or anything like that. That should be coming up Fairly soon, I hope within a week. Also, I got a new, we got a new telephone plan and I got this uh, Galaxy, uh, Sony, uh, uh, not Sony, what am I talking about? Um, Samsung Galaxy Gazillion. It's got every freaking feature known to man, most of which uh, I will never use. But uh, we signed on with a new plan and, and this was the phone I ended up with. Um, it's big, it's easy to read. I don't have to use my glasses to see most of the screen. And so it was, uh, for that more than anything else that, uh, that I have the phone. It's also 5G. So, you know, I thought the whole family should bump up the 5G. I don't even know what 5G means to be honest with you, but anyway, we got it. So, um, the, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about all um, some extra content and catch up on things and uh, prepare ourselves uh, for episode 13, which will be forthwith. Um, so find a I plan on this being a full show, a full uh, a, a full show, not just, a you know, a 20 or 30 minute uh, bonus. It's going to be, you know, the whole Kit Kat and Caboodle because we got a lot to talk about some of which we didn't actually hit in the last program. 
Um, but uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna all uh, catch up and and hopefully get through my laryngitis or strep throat or whatever the hell it is together. Um, but uh, surely, surely. So find a comfortable place for to relax. Get a beverage of your choice. If you're like me, you might want to put a little honey in and a little, you know, hot toddy in there. But no, I'm just drinking Crystal Light. I wish I was drinking this. <laughs> I don't want to have you guys uh, listen to my wet coughing uh, spasms. Trust me, it's way better now than it was, say, a week ago. So I am going to interrupt the show. I'm going to I'm going to pause a lot. Um, so it might sound a little choppy. I'm going to try to avoid that as much as possible. But again, I don't want to sit there and uh, rack my lungs out through my mouth and have you guys listening to those uh, lovely sounds. So um, keep that in mind. Be patient with me. And we'll get through it together, gang. We will get through it together. And uh, no, it's, it's not COVID. I thought it might be. That would have been my third go-around. But uh, my wife and I got tested and we both got uh, negative. She had to get tested because uh, she's showing symptoms and they won't let her uh, into the school unless she has a negative uh, result. So um, there you go. So we got tested. We're negative. Whatever's kicking our ass, it's, it's not COVID. So <laughs> uh, Delta variant or any other variant. But uh, welcome to the show. And uh, we're going to have fun together. And uh, we got a lot to hit. And so uh, I'll catch you on the flip side. Wheels up. So the reason why I mentioned the phone, uh, that was just mentioned like out in space. And he's like, why are they talking? Is because I had to, of course... Uh, download uh, Anchor, which is the app that I use to, to, to record the show on and make sure I had all the archives and everything. And that was a, a process. And uh, that, that took a bit to do. And that was another reason why things uh, were a bit delayed. And uh, because there were other aspects of the phone that I was trying to work out and within my business and uh, connecting it to my PC cipher and making sure that uh, he could read that uh, properly and stuff. And so it was just a lot going on and uh, the show got delayed a little bit, but mainly because of the reason of that I stated earlier, which is I couldn't talk. <laughs> I really, really couldn't. <coughs> so... <clears throat> going to crystal light um, so what do we have to talk about this go around what's the what's the, the point of doing a bonus uh, there's just a lot that's happening simultaneously and so I thought I it would be a good idea to address it with you guys I know that some of you guys have uh, you know list, have your ear to the to the ground as, as much as I do. And uh, so I know that some of you out there were probably like, I wonder if Griffin's going to talk about this or that or the other. And um, remember, uh, I speculated on episode 12, season two, episode 12, season two, episode 13 is uh, coming up. I'm going to try to squeeze that in uh, to August so that we're staying on schedule 
for uh, our big uh, um, Christmas and, and New Year shows, which will end and top off uh, season two as we move so gently on into the night to season three. Um, but uh, um, we got a ton of people that listen to the show in a short amount of time. The show is less than three weeks old. Um, we are cresting 150 listens, which is unheard of. I usually don't get to 150 unless, you know, the month has gone by. And then the other listens just sort of creep in there and we, we level out at around just under, just at, or just over around 200. So I think we're going to exceed that. And as I speculated, it might be a lot of the new uh, listeners that are that are uh, flying on their Xbox Series X. Congratulations if you are. And uh, maybe said, hey, I wonder if there's a, a podcast that talks about this flight simulation stuff. And boom, there we were. So uh, if you are what I'm describing, by all means, welcome. And um, go back, listen to the archives. You're going to hear a lot of stuff about PCs. But uh, you're also going to hear a lot of stuff about Microsoft Flight Simulator and where it stands in the marketplace and, and what it means and what it means in comparison to um, X-Plane 11 and, and X-Plane uh, 12 and, and all of that kind of jazz. So, um, yeah, you are most definitely welcome. And we are, uh, like I said, past the the hardware building stage, um, despite the fact that I'm going to talk a little bit about hardware today because it's an update on stuff that we've talked about in the past. And we're getting into, you know, running the program and uh, utilizing uh, the Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 predominantly. Um, why? I'm not going to get into it all again because it's the best one out there. It's the newest one out there. There might be one down the line that's going to be better. Um, you guys know my thoughts. I've stated them before. The whole myth on, oh, well, X-Plane 11 has a better flight model. No, it has a more predictable flight model. It can't have a better flight model. It only uses um, 16 points, I believe, on the aircraft uh, compared to Microsoft, um, which has, I don't know how much it has, but it has way more than 16. So as the processor processes, wind, altitude, barometric pressure, you name it, uh, heat index, uh, thermals, uh, yada, 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 other aircraft in the area, uh, uh, wind as it goes through the actual city structures. X-Plane 11 doesn't even do that. X-Plane 11 doesn't do that. Um, so, you know, uh, if you're flying closer to buildings and you know, the, the the wind is whipping through that building. It's going to mimic what uh, that wind is uh, like from that direction through whatever uh, buildings or, or, or topography is, is on there. Um, X-Plane 11 does address uh, topography to a certain extent, but not to the level that uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator does. And that's just the reality. So why does everybody think it's better? Because they're used to it. That's what they're used to. But Griffin, pilots say it's better. Mm. First of all, 
A lot of people that are online that call themselves pilots are not pilots. That includes you too. Second of all, and there are some, and second of all, Microsoft mimics the environment so closely that if that pilot does not fly in the desert, if he doesn't fly in mountainous regions, if he doesn't fly in urban areas, if he doesn't uh, readily use uh, um, metropolitan international airports, it's not going to fly like he's used to. And he's going to say, well, this doesn't fly like it flies on my plane and it doesn't fly like it flies on X plane. So it must be highly inaccurate. If you look at just about, you know, I'm caveating myself here. If you look at just about every flight simulator, when it's newly released, people say the flight model of the more established flight simulator that has, uh, that has been out is more accurate. As time goes on, we know that's not true. Now, is that the software improving as time goes on? Sure, it could be that to a certain extent. But really what it is, is the models have improved. They're more exact, they're more detailed, and so they're different. I remember, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys that, that uh, has a pretty good auditory memory. I might not remember everything that I say. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, I remember a lot of stuff, what a lot of other people say. And I remember what I read a lot, and I remember the environment that I'm in a lot. And uh, when X-Plane 11 came out, they, they were saying that the, the other flight simulators, whether it's Prepared or Microsoft Flight Simulator 10, um, was more accurate. Um, go back and uh, archive the articles if you don't believe me, but um, it's absolutely true. And so they're saying the same thing for Microsoft Flight Simulator now in comparison to what was the main uh, flight simulator that was established, uh, and that was X-Plane 11. Um, X-Plane 11 does have a good and uh, uh, flight model. It, it, it is uh, one that will help with... Uh, but people train to fly on X-Plane 11, Griff. People train to fly on, X, on uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 10. Did you know that? So, you know, now when you look at the modern flight simulators, you'd be like, how could anyone use though the Microsoft Flight Simulator 10 as actual flight training? But people did. Absolutely. So, um, you know, times change, things improve, um, things are new, like this crazy phone I have and uh, you just got to get used to it you know um, my uh, LG phone was a good phone you know it was uh, um, a Qualcomm Snapdragon processor it did everything that I needed it to do um, the screen was a was was a good size and um, you know I, I was very familiar with with the ins and outs of the phone um, and I knew how to use it. Does that mean that it's a better phone than this? It can't be a better phone than this. This the, the, the technology and the hardware that's in this phone is simply better than that phone. Whether I know how to use it correctly or not. 
that's just the 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 reality of the situation and so that is the reality of Microsoft Flight Simulator and uh, we talked about on the last program that uh, yeah but it's not a game you you know it, it X-Plane 11 is not a game Microsoft Flight Simulator is a game you can use a hand controller on it look I bet there's a way you can fly X-Plane 11 and use a hand controller I don't I don't know how to do it but um, it seems to me that it, that wouldn't be too tough. Does that mean that it's not a serious flight simulator? It comes down to the user, you know? Um, uh, what, what's the line from the Rush song? All of this machinery making my music can still be open-hearted. It's just a matter of your honesty. So if you want to just push a button on a keyboard and have a pre- digitized loaded track that the factory loaded and say that that's your song or that's a major part of your song you can do it does that mean that you know Getty Lee shouldn't use that keyboard in his song no he turns that mode off and plays it like a piano or a synthesizer or an organ or whatever instrument that he wants to emulate and he uses his skill and he uses his knowledge in music and, and, and music theory and all of that stuff to produce the songs that come out. A lot of people might not even know what Rush is a rock band from Canada. I don't know what else to tell you. But uh, um, you're understanding my point, hopefully. <laughs> you know, when MIDI came out initially, way back in the day, that was what, the late 80s, early 90s? You know, um, people were saying that that you know they were questioning the, the 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 integrity of electronic music, and we know today that electronic music is what you make it to be as a as a player. And you know, if you're doing intricate little things and and uh, composing it all together and using the computer and or the instrument together to produce that sound. That takes skill, that takes time, that takes uh, music ability. Um, if you just hit a button and it just, and that's your whole song, well, you know, bully for you, I don't think you're gonna have a lot of fans. And so, you know, it, and that's because of the, the integrity of the person that's using the instrument and making the music. If you wanna fly, a flight simulator using a hand controller. You never use the cockpit. You never start the plane up from a from a cold and dark. You never uh, program uh, an autopilot or a uh, flight computer um, or a GPS. Then are you really simulating flying an airplane? I think most of us are going to say no. And the example that I used for console people was uh, racing simulations. If you're going to use a hand controller and go around the track, you know, and control the car in that God mode, that God view, then yeah, you playing a, you might be having fun and it's a, a good racing game, but you're not using the game as a racing simulator. If you spent five hundred. $600, $700 or more 
for a steering setup, a pedal setup, a, a clutch, a shift, and you're racing the entire race through uh, viewing the windshield, and uh, you got to use your rear view mirrors to see where the cars are at, and you got to have the timing set and and know how to go into your pit lane properly and at the right speed so that you're not penalized, then you are simulating a race. Same piece of software, completely different use factors. And so there you go. The same can be true for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, If you use the Microsoft Flight Simulator as a simulator and, you know, you're addressing weather, you're addressing navigation, you're using speed flaps and reverse engines on touchdown and all of that kind of stuff, it's a flight simulator. <laughs> and if in, in the near future... You're doing those things through an Xbox or through a PC. What difference does it make? Look, you guys are going to laugh at me now. There's going to be YouTubers that use their Xbox as a flight simulator, uh, and, uh, flight tech, you know, uh, simmers, and they're going to be recording maybe parts of it on the PC, maybe parts of it on the Xbox, and you're not going to know which is which. You're not going to know what is what because they're not necessarily going to tell you. They might do the whole flight. They might stream the whole flight on Xbox. And, and, and you might not know it. So, you know, just keep in mind that that whole environment has changed. We're in a different world than we were just a year ago. And so um, fly it the way that you want to fly it. Use the device that's going to give you the best experience and enjoy our podcast and enjoy the flight simulation uh, hobby and world and uh, more power to you. Um if you got somebody that bought an Xbox Series X, they saved all their, um, you know, cereal box covers or whatever, and finally able to get it. They, maybe they won it on the Doritos. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the Taco Bell. Taco Bell has a contest uh, often every time there's a new Xbox out to uh, to win the new Xbox. Who cares? Right? I maybe maybe respect is 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 kind of a, a heavy word, <clears throat> but what I'm trying to say is, if there is a guy, you know, regardless of his age, he's been wanting to get into flight simulation for a long time, never had the money to have a PC that could push a current simulator, and said, "Hey, this is my chance." I'm going to get my Xbox Series X. I'm going to get my uh, 
Thrustmaster controller or Turtle Beach controller or whatever. And then there's a diehard out there that has some older challenged PC and has his graphics settings set as low as he can to push the simulator and and uh, he uh, you know his flight simulator still regardless of which one it is you know stutters and and doesn't have a good flight experience and he gets uh, a lot of uh, crashes to desktop and all of this kind of stuff and he's like I'm never gonna fly on an Xbox you'll never see me fly on a console and trust me watch the forums there will be people that I'm describing there might even be people that I'm describing that listen to this podcast and are a little bit hot under the collar because it's just not real simulation on a console And he can't fly at night because the night visuals tax the system too much. He can't put in a lot of the uh, the weather aspects of it because it pushes his system too much. And the Xbox guy that's been waiting for an opportunity and now feels that he has it and goes out and get his Xbox, he gets his controllers, he gets his pedals... And he sets it, sets it all up on his monitor. I got to blow my nose. I'll be right back. Yeah, that was really gross. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but he puts in weather conditions. He's flying in live weather. He does uh, night flights. And... Uh, all of that stuff, which one is having a more accurate simulation experience? The, the crotchety, uh, I'm not going to say old, because there are young guys that have this point of view. They're still crotchety, though. <laughs> the crotchety guy that's like, I'm gonna, I don't care. I'm going to fly it on this PC. You're never going to see... Me fly it on a console. I even have an Xbox Series X and I'm not going to fly it on it. Oh, Griffin, that's ridiculous. There will be people. Because humans can be stubborn in their viewpoint. That will approach flight simulation in that way. Which one's having the better experience? Which one's having the more accurate experience? So, we can't look at it the way that we used to look at it. The boundaries are, are, are crumbling. And uh, the walls are falling. I won't quote. I won't quote Reagan because I don't know the the exact quote. Gorgachev, tear down this wall. Don't be a Gorgachev. If going through an Xbox Series X is going to give you a better experience, 
and you can afford to get an Xbox Series X versus a computer, there's a YouTuber um, that I saw. Uh, his name is Mark. Is it Squirrel or something like that? And uh, um, they were comparing the Xbox. And he said, he said, look, if you don't have a PC, you're going to get an Xbox that can fly this simulator. That to buy a PC from scratch, whether you're building it, excuse me, whether it's a pre-built, whether you're having it built, you're going to be paying two or three times as much to get the same experience, to push the simulator at the same level. That's just the way that it is. So, enough about that. What, what are some of the updates that I wanted to talk about? Um, when we were building PCs back in the day, earlier in the program, when I say program, I don't mean the program that you're listening to now. I mean the, the whole podcast as a whole with multiple episodes. Um, I gave a warning about gigabytes PSUs, power supply units. Those are the things that uh, plug into the wall for people that aren't. PC savvy and don't build their, their own PCs. And months ago, right gang? Months ago, I said, do not buy this PSU. And now you're seeing Gamers Nexus, Steve on Gamers Nexus doing uh, special shows about it and, and how the Gigabyte does uh, Specifically, the 750 and the 850 are, uh, you know, causing failure. The, the PSUs are popping off. They're causing failures to other peripheral hardware that's uh, in the PC that's, uh, that's attached to the, to, the, to the motherboard and, and, and the like. And um, so... You know, it's it's pretty fascinating to watch because I'm by no means perfect. I have made multiple mistakes on this po podcast, but I try to get the best research and I'll try to correct my mistakes and I'll try to keep you guys up to date. And this, if, the, if one episode kept one person that was about to buy a gigabyte PSU and it would have blown their system or ruined their $700 or $900 or $1,200 graphics card, then damn it, gang, this podcast has been worth it because I wouldn't want anybody to go through that. And, you know... Yes, Gigabyte 
under certain conditions are replacing the PSUs if you have a problem, but they're not replacing hardware that might be collateral damage. I have not seen that happening at all. Not at all. And a lot of people would have trust Gigabyte. Look, I'm, I'm, I told you my building philosophy is, is I like uniform parts. Um, my whole computer is not uniform, but you know, because price was a big and availability was a big factor for this particular build, but I'm of the, I'm kind of a patterned guy. And so I could see myself getting a gigabyte motherboard and a gigabyte uh, GPU and a gigabyte PSU. GPU is the graphics card. And, you know, I could see myself doing that easy because, you know, well, I've looked at the motherboards and this is the, the better one and so I'm going to buy this one and and, you know, I've maybe owned Gigabyte motherboards in the past. And so I know I tr it's a brand I trust. And so, yeah, if, if the choice is between two different graphics cards and one's a Gigabyte and they're both the same price, I might get the Gigabyte one. And yes, if I'm looking at power supply units, that's what PSU stands for. I might buy a Gigabyte one as well. Some have been bundled, believe it or not. You could get the GPU, the graphics card, at... I'm going to cough. Hold on. At close to MSR prices, but you got to get it bundled with the Gigabyte GPU. A lot of people were probably like, well, you know, I'm getting the, the Gigabyte graphics card and I can get it cheaper than buying it on its own if it's bundled with this GPU. So yeah, definitely, you know, I'm going to go for that. That would, in retrospect, have probably been a mistake that hopefully didn't cost you uh, a lot of other collateral damage when it comes to your hardware. Be that the motherboard, the CPU, or the graphics card, or whatever. So we were on the up and up of that months ago. And you could go to Gamers Nexus, that's a, a YouTube channel. It's a tech tuber, very famous tech tuber, and uh, you know within within the the, the community, and um, see his latest video. I'm talking within the week. One came out this week. One came out, I believe, yesterday, as a rebuttal to what uh, Gigabyte uh, had said about his initial review. So, yeah. Um, that's all information that's unfolding presently. And 
I put the uh, the warnings out there um, about that GPU a long time ago. So this show is valuable um, as an information conduit. And I'm going to continue to try to do that. In that vein, um, there are they are still building systems with the NVIDIA cards, specifically the 3080s and 3080 Ti's. 3080s are hard to find. 3080 Ti's and 3090s. But guess what? Just about all the new builds in regards to the, the, the major tech tubers that are out there. Okay, I'm not talking about some obscure person that most people in the community have not heard about. They are building these systems almost in lockstep with water-cooled GPUs. A water-cooled GPU is a GPU that has um, hoses that attach to it that are connected to a radiator and the water goes through the graphics card as a cooling solution for it. I have never seen, I've been watching these shows for a long time, we're exceeding 10 years, where every single type of one manufactured brand card is water-cooled. Never. Water-cooled was always a niche market. It's high-end, very expensive. And no matter how many times you might see it on YouTube, it is not the standard experience of either something that you buy pre-built or that you build yourself. Now, a lot of the cards, as of a month ago, you had to buy a water cooling kit to go with that card. What does that mean? Well, what that means is, is that you take, you physically take the card apart down to the, the CPU, the main chip on the graphics card. You take the thermal paste off, you've taken the back off, you've taken the inner the 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 cooler the cooler that's comes with the card. You've taken that all apart. You've taken the thermal paste off the CPU, you've taken the thermal tape or the thermal paste on the VRAM. You enclose it into this water cooling die unit, you screw it on, you attach the hoses to it, making sure the fittings are correct and that there's no leaks. You fill the hoses up with the liquid. It's crazy complicated. 
I've been building PCs for 15 years. I've never done one. I'm not opposed to doing one. But it is not something that you normally do. Now GPUs are coming out pre-water-cooled. In other words, you take them out of the box and the hoses are at the, the GPU is in the housing, the hoses are attached, the fluid's already in there, it's connected to the radiator, you attach the radiator to your case, you make sure that it's it's being uh, vented with fans, and you mount the graphics card the way uh, a graphics card would, would normally be mounted through the PCI um, slot. How expensive are these cards? Well over $2,000. Why? Because these cards run hot. There is a new... And it might be Gigabyte. I'm not sure. The Aorus, which is the high end of, of Gigabyte. There is a new GPU that just came out. It is, I'm not exaggerating, like five inches thick. It is the thickest card I have ever seen. It's air-cooled. It's not a water-cooled card. But the cooling solution on it is ridiculous. I've never seen one that looked like this. It, it must take close to three PCI slot space. It is gargantuan. Is that a word? It's gigantic. I know that's a word. It is big. It is fat. P-H-A-T, big. It has got one badonka butt of a card. To the point that, in my opinion, it's ridiculous. Does it run any faster? Does it, it must have performance that's out of your mind, right? This must run twice as fast as any other 3090 card out there. No. But at temperatures seem to stay cool. I haven't seen it tested in the particular things that challenge these cards, which we've talked about in the past, which falls right dead center in a flight um, simulator experience. It These cards run hot if it's multiple gaming sessions or one long gaming session. And we talked about how, you know, a four or five hour flight would mimic that. It's during graphic intense games that are, that are you know, long stint, which, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator is about as graphic as intensive as you can get. And the other thing that was just talked about, and they're not talking about it so much in the gaming universe because it's not usually something that's applicable or pertinent, is the cards seem to get hot with weather 
simulation where you're simulating weather, real weather conditions. Those three things are happening in the simulator all at the same time. So these cards are going to be severely taxed, and they are. A lot of people are getting blue screens and crashes to desktop, and they're blaming the simulator. And I'm not here to defend the simulator at all costs. I, I tell you, when Microsoft is broken, it's broken as far as Flight Simulator goes. So, it's just crazy out there. And you are getting more and more performance in games outside of Microsoft Flight Simulator with the AMD Radeon cards. And we're going to talk about uh, Radeon cards in, um, in just a few minutes. Because a new uh, uh, Radeon card has come out. Um, and... Uh, is it the 6700? Yes, the 6700. It's the update from the 5700 in it. It has mixed reviews, but I'm going to tell you why I'm going to lobby for that card. Just a few minutes. This is my opinion, but I thoroughly believe it. Stay away. From the 3080s, the 3080 Ti's, the 3090s, the 3090Ti's, I think in the long run, pushing your simulator, unless you have a water-cooled version of this car, unless you have the supersonic, gigantic, gigantor robot version of this card, or unless you are a builder of renown and can water cool your own card without it being an issue don't push your sim with these cards will nvidia always have bad cards for microsoft flight simulator no trust me they're going to go back to the drawing board and they're going to figure this crap out and they're going to come out with very good graphics cards for your flight simulator. But it's not these. It just isn't. And I don't know why more tech tubers aren't talking about it. They're just showing builds with water-cooled graphics cards like this is something that everybody does. I haven't seen anyone do a build where they're using an a an air-cooled 3080 Ti or 3090 in weeks. So, just be leery. 
if you're still building your system or you're getting a pre-built system, specifically and especially for Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, just be really leery of these cards. Really leery of these cards. So I'm at home now. And... Topping a beverage of my choice, which is a Mountain Dew Zero. Thank you for your indulgence. And uh, so far, my vocal cords are hanging in there. So we'll just uh, we'll keep pressing on. So I did a little bit of research. And these water-cooled 3080s and uh, 3080 ties and 3090s, um, they're very hard to come by. There's only very few listed in Amazon. They're over $3,000. And if you look at a YouTube channel, it's called, it's one of the, the, in my opinion, it's, it's, they don't have an agenda. They're not trying to push one thing or another. They just show the different hardware. They show the specs that they're, the, the system that they're tested on. They show the resolution, be it 1080p, uh, 1440p or 4k. And they just run the numbers. You watch, you're watching it live, split screen, and they're comparing the two things. And it's called testing games. <laughs> That's what it's called. It's called testing games. Now, this was eight months ago. Okay. And they really haven't updated it. And, um, they compare the uh, um, the RX uh, sixty ninety to the thirty ninety or uh, sixty nine hundred. I'm sorry to the uh, thirty ninety. Now keep on mind in another universe, if this was MSRP, correct? The standard. 3090 card is a $1,500 card. That's what NVIDIA released its MSRP on. And the 6900 that everybody told you was too expensive and not to buy was uh, $900. It was under $1,000. Eight months ago, it's about 50-50. Older games that are designed with NVIDIA in mind, run at about five frames high. I'm not exaggerating. About five to eight frames faster than the 6900. Newer games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and uh, a couple of others that, that uh, I can't think of right now. They didn't, they didn't do uh, Cyberpunk uh, 2070. Uh, I don't think it was out yet. The 6900 is scoring better. Significantly better. And this was tested in 4K. If these games were tested in 1440p, I guarantee you they'd either be a lot closer, like a frame or two apiece, or the 6900 would take the majority of them. 
But of course, they're not talking about the heating issues. But if you open your eyes and watch a, I'm going to say that word again, smattering <laughs> of YouTube, tech tube, game tube, sim tubers, you will see patterns erupt. Interesting word. Where you will see that the NVIDIA cards are having issues. Now, the water cooling kits, if you get a, a, a 3090 without any kind of, you know, extraneous felbicarb, we love our Battlestar Galactica here at home, um, you're going to see the price of the card around two grand. The 6900, you're going to see somewhere in the 15 to 1800 range. And if you wanted to water cool that NVIDIA GPU, there's water cooling kits available. And they range anywhere from about $150 to $200. The ones that you have to install yourself. And if you do one thing wrong, you're going to brick that card. You're going to ruin it. Now, the obvious thing to say is, well, they have these kits available. They can't be that hard to install. You know, is it any harder than installing, say, a water cool, uh, a uh, air cooler to your CPU or installing an AIO to your computer system? Those are kits that they sell. How hard can this be? Is it really any harder? Let me answer that question with a resounding yes. It is absolutely harder. First of all, there's a learning curve. Now, do you do this on a regular basis? Do you install water coolers on GPUs? Is this your seventh, eighth, or ninth go-around? Or even your third or your fourth go-around? Because if it's not... The probability of doing this correctly, I would say, is 30-70. I really would. I think that's fair. Me, I've seen enough videos on how it's done, and I wouldn't even give my, me a 50-50 chance. Let's say 35-65, uh, because my general familiarity to what it's supposed to do. Just taking the card apart is hazardous. 
The screws are tiny. You can't take them out with a standard Phillips head. You got to use torque screws or, or special screw heads. They are tiny. There are internal wires attached that if you're not careful or not knowledgeable, you could easily pull a wire apart and you're done. Unless you know how to get the replacement wires and solder them back onto the car. You have to remove the thermal paste. A video card, most of the bulk of a video card is its cooling solution. Which is a, you know, usually an aluminum thinned apparatus with copper heat pipes that run in and out of what they call a vapor chamber. <laughs> but Griffin, they have water cooling kits for the Radeon, the 6800 XT and above. Yes, and they've always had water cool kits for both NVIDIA and AMD. Because there are people that know how to do it. But it is not even the standard DIY computer builder. It's like the 10%, we'll, we'll give it a benefit of the doubt. It's like the 20% of those. The top 20%. I've built a lot of PCs and guess what? I don't call myself the top 20% by any means. I'm talking about the top 20% of all the builders in a pool. When I build a computer system, of course, I'm picking the parts that I'm familiar with and I'm fairly confident I know how to install. There's a 98% chance that that computer is going to be installed correctly. And when you hit the power button, you're going to get... Uh, You're, you're going to get a, a screen, what they call it, you know, screen with, with the motherboard logo on it and, and whatnot. <laughs> a post screen, that's what they call it. There's a 98% chance it's going to post. Out of some 15 builds, two didn't post, and my wife caught both of them and said, you didn't seat the RAM properly. And she went into the computer, pushed the RAM sticks down, we reposted, and da-ding, we returned it on and it posted. Because probably my wife is even better than this than I am. I don't know. I just do it more than she does. But That's not what I'm talking about. So you're in the top 2%. No, 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 no. I don't do custom water cooling. I don't bend 
plexiglass tubes. I don't open PSUs and fiddle about with them. There are people that do that. I don't know why. So, for 5% gain, let's give the entire gaming universe the benefit of the doubt. And this was eight months ago. I, these numbers are way different now. There have been major, major, major adrenaline updates and these cards my 6800 xt runs way better than it did six months ago way 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 better and it runs way better within microsoft flight simulator from microsoft updates and adrenaline updates But let's get the benefit of the doubt. A card that's going to be off the shelf about $500 more than a 6900 XT. And I do think that that's an expensive price for a card. I have a 6800 XT. I could have bought a 6900 XT, but I didn't think the 8 or 9% performance gains... was worth uh, uh, more than five, like $700. Just didn't. But we're comparing apples to apples, so we're picking the best of NVIDIA and the best of Radeon, and we're, we're, we're comparing those to illustrate a point. So, and we're not talking 5% better. We're talking five frames better. I'm not sure that's a percent. And then you want to water cool it or spend an extra $1,000 for a GPU that has a built-in AIO? or spend an extra $150. That was about the average. I saw as many as, as uh, cresting 200. So we'll just go with 150, as it were. So you wanna spend $150 for the opportunity and the luxury to roll the dice that you're not gonna brick your GPU. These are how, these are how, oh man, I, these are, what I'm about to tell you is an example of how hardcore these people that put their, uh, the, that install their own water coolers to their GPUs. 
There was a water cooler kit. No, I take that back. This was a water. This was a uh, water cooled thirty ninety that had. I'm sorry, it was a thirty eighty that uh, that had its own a built in AIO. In other words, you take it out of the box. You put the card in the slot, the PCI slot, and then you mount the radiator somewhere, either in the front of the case or the bottom of the case. Probably won't reach the top of the case, but the top of the case is probably, if you're water cooling your GPU, you're probably water cooling your CPU. And so there's a radiator already up there. So the front of the case or the bottom of the case. And he gave it, what is Amazon? Five stars. And I read the review. And he said he had to go to a parts that he was happy that they used standard parts where he could get uh, fitments replacements. The fitments are like the, the screws the big nut and bolt things that either screw into the a the radiator or screw into the card itself. Because he was easily able to buy a replacement because the one that came out of the box leaked. And he gave it five stars. <laughs> Excuse me. That was really gross. I apologize. If I buy a GPU with a built-in AIO and it's leaking, I'm giving it one star and I'm mad as freaking hell. But he was pleased as punch that the fitments were standard size because he could replace his leaky one with the one he bought online. <laughs> and he gave the card five stars. That's how hardcore these people are that buy this kind of equipment. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to Microsoft Flight Simulator, especially NVIDIA, Anything above a 3070 is not the right card to buy. I hinted at that. It shows in the past. I came to the conclusion that, you know, that was probably the situation to think carefully on it. I'm just flat out saying, in my opinion, it's a bomb to buy these cards. So, that leads us, well, what cards should I buy? The Radeon 6700, and I forget if it's the XT or not, came out with an MSRP of around $400. That is within 20 to $25 of the 5700 XT. I guess it is the XT. 
And people were saying that tested the 5700, and you can go on YouTube and put 5700 versus 6700 Radeon GPUs and see all of the Felbacarb. And they're going to say, you know, for $25, you're not getting that much more performance on the 6700 XT. Let me lobby for why that's wrong. So if you have, the predominant advice was, if you have a 5700 XT already in your system, it's not worth running out and getting a 6700 XT. I agree with that about 75%. There is a possibility that you could sell your 5700 XT with enough money to get a 6700 XT. I don't know if you want to take that chance. I do not know if you want to. But the 6700 ST comes with RDNA, RDNA 2 on the board. And I think that that's going to be significant a if you're a multi-gamer and b if you're a microsoft light simmer because i think the rdna2 which is also a part of xbox series x is going to be utilized and it already is utilized by microsoft light simulator Now, I think it's I think it's the same guy. I, I get there, there's a couple of British uh, sim tubers that actually look very physically alike, and they have two different channels, and I get them confused. But uh, I think it's the squirrel guy, the guy that uh, goes by Mark. When when. When we first saw the scenes of what, excuse me, uh, the good news is the gunk is, is coming out. The bad news is it's really gross and I don't want you guys to have to listen to it. The, um, when we first saw the real scenes of what it looked like on an Xbox Series X, he talked about some of the uh, paint schemes on uh, the aircraft that came with it, liveries. And he said, oh, look how shiny it is. I think they have ray tracing. And I was furious. I think they added ray tracing to the Xbox Series X. They did not. That's PBR. That's the same PBR that's on the PC. If they have those liberties for the PC versions, they're going to be just as shiny. And in my opinion, kind of unrealistic looking. They looked a lot like the paint jobs that you saw in Forza 4 and some of the other racing simulators where you could uh, um, totally paint your own car. I used to get into that very heavily. And I did so well that, that uh, people sought me out for, for paint jobs on particular model cars. And I couldn't do all of them because I got a lot of requests. But I, I did 
I did plenty of. I really, really enjoyed it. It, it. I'm not so much artistically skilled to make it look super good, but I am meticulous. So it might take me 10 days to do a car, but it looks really, really, really cool. And uh, I really enjoyed that. If they have that on the Xbox Series X version, I know I will utilize that and, and I will really enjoy it. And I will lament the fact that I, you know, paint schemed this airframe to the meticulous artistic vision that I have and I couldn't port it to my PC hanger. That'll, that'll be a shame if that's not possible. But, you know, we take what we can get. I'll still enjoy doing it. But that's just speculatory. I don't know if that function is out there. It, the paint schemes that were on some of the airframes that they showed in the preview had that same kind of look that the cars had in, in Forza especially. So it just made me think, huh, I wonder if that's going to be a function or not. I haven't seen that it is as of yet, but we don't know what lies into the future. So, uh, there we are. I think the 6700 XT, if you're a PC builder, if you have your rig all built, you're running on an old graphics card and you're looking to update, um, and especially if you have a Radeon uh, chip, what am I saying? Uh, Ryzen chip on your uh, motherboard. I think a 67... Now, they're already, from what I understand, they're already... They, they were selling an MSRP for two or three days, and I heard they're already in the, the six $700 scalping range. L continue to look for them at uh, outlet locations, and maybe you'll be lucky and find them. I, I've heard that if you live near a micro center, which I don't, my closest micro center is Atlanta, Georgia, which is, uh, you know, what is that, like 700 miles or so from me, um, is, is, or more, um, is sometimes has quite a few of them available just walking into the store. Um, micro center, I believe. Is North America is, is America and Canada? I don't, I don't know for a hundred percent sure on that. That but they have twenty locations throughout either North America or the United States, and they're selling them around four hundred dollars. If you can get your hands on one for four hundred dollars. Excuse me. I think you're going to have a PC that is going to run it in 1440p pretty similar maybe a hair above 
what the Xbox Series X is going to run it at. It's probably going to be, in some cases it's better, in some cases it's worse. That's, that, that's probably what I would... But keep in mind, the Xbox Series X would be running it more than likely on a 4K television. So there's your difference. There is your difference. I still think a 1440p high-end computer monitor, which will hover around the $300 range, gives you a slightly better visual than a 4K television does. That's just my opinion. A TV is different than a computer monitor is. So, that's, that's my opinion. There's people that say, oh no, 4K television. I'm just saying, I look at one and I look at the other. I look at them side by side. And that's my observation. So, should you even buy any of this stuff? Because if you listen to the tech tubers... All of this is about to end. Cryptocurrency is going to go through the floor and blah, 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 blah. One of the most ob, uh, positive tech tubers out there has been Jay's Two Cents. And he has an episode, you can just go look. Uh, was done within the last week or so where he says this is not going to get fixed from his sources until 2023. And what has Griff been telling you guys for six months now, if not longer? This is not ending soon. Mining has not played out its last card yet, uh, specifically Ethereum mining. It's on the horizon, but people that have mining rigs are still making money and they're going to run those rigs until they're not making money. Um, the silicon shortage is real and that the solution to alleviate that, which is building um, plants that can manufacture more silicon is on the horizon, but they're not built yet. And, you know, every time we get a new massive wave of um, COVID, it hurts the workplace. People have to be homebound. And, you know, this Delta variant that's going out 
we're already starting this, the initial effects of that. So we are not going to see, but they're going to be make, making new GPUs. If they can't keep the current GPU prices down and they can't keep the current GPU devices in stock, there is no motivation for them to come out with new GPUs at lower prices. That is a fantasy and a fallacy and anyone that is promoting that, they're either cloaking themselves with the flag of ignorance or they're taking you on a ride and hope that they get enough clickbait to make it worth their while. There's no reason for it. Just think it through in your own head. Okay? You make a widget a device, and it sells for $10 a piece. And it costs you $3 to make that device. You're getting $7 per device profit. And you can't keep them in stock. As soon as you make one, it's gone. With pre-orders, you can't even keep up with how many people want your device. Now, why would you take time to design a new device, set up everything to produce that new device, and because you have to set up everything all over again, it's going to cost you $5 to make that device and you could sell that device for $12. You have to sell that device for $12 to make as much as you're making now. $7 a device. Why would you go through the labor to do that. And it's actually going to cost you more because there's research involved, there's remarketing involved, all of those things. Now, what they're saying is you're going to do all of that expenditure. It's going to cost you $5 to make that device, but you're only going to sell it For $8, you went from $7 a unit to losing money. Would you do that? Would you do it even if you broke even? What I mean by breaking even is you're making the same amount of profit as widget one. If you wouldn't do that, then why do you expect NVIDIA and AMD to do that? 
Yet, there are tech tubers out there saying that that's what's going to happen. It's not what's going to happen. So what's my point? My point is if you find a way, whether it's the new Radeon card, whether it's a used Radeon card, if you find a way that you can get a card at a price you're willing to pay, if you're willing to pay $650 for an Xbox Series X, you can do it and it's not going to take food out of your family's mouths. Or you can just wait and see what happens. You're not going to be flying for a year. Xbox Series X could be coming out, you know, MSRP. It's very hard to get. And I'm still looking to try to get one. And when I do, I'll tell you guys how I did it. If you listen to this podcast and you took my advice, you have your rig. Or, your, or you pre-ordered your Xbox Series X. And you're flying now. Because you took the advice on this show. Now it's just starting to set in. Jay's Two Cents has put his video out there. There'll be others that'll put their video out there. And they're going to correlate. And they're going to say the same thing. This isn't going to be fixed until 23. And when it is fixed in 23, the GPUs are not going to be any cheaper than than they are right now. The MSRP might be less than what the scalp prices are. But the MSRP is not going to be less than what the original MSRP, MSRP prices were for the hardware that's this generation. And when AMD and NVIDIA factor all of that in, they're going to factor that in in their MSRP pricing. But Griff, I'll just wait till the prices come down. And that's a valid choice. That's a valid decision to make. But you're not going to be flying. And so, what is that time worth to you? You want me to spend $150 more on an Xbox Series X? Well, I don't want you to. And I gave the the caveats that I gave that it's not, you know, financially damaging your family in any way. But what is $150?
I can wait because I have a rig and I can fly Microsoft Flight Simulator at an extremely high level. But if I couldn't, I mean, if I didn't have a rig, yeah, I'd seriously consider paying $150 more for an Xbox Series X. You better believe it. So, hard decisions have to be made. And that is unfortunate. But we talked about those unfortunate decisions that had to be made six months ago and beyond. And some of you made those decisions and are flying right now because of it. Has six months been enough time? I think so. And now you're at six months into the game and there are multiple months to go. How happy were you that you followed the advice of this show? Now, I want to make a correction that I said. I said that uh, um, on my intro, and, and as you guys know, but for new people, because there's a lot of influx of new people, when I say I don't use any iPod entities, I mean for promotion. Obviously, this show is available on apparently most places where people get their, their iPod, their um, iPods, podcasts. That's what I mean. So I use, I mean, the, the show is released on pod on various podcast entities, but we don't use podcast entities to promote the show. We don't, um, the, the show is not commercialized. It doesn't generate any kind of money um, for me. Um, it's done on my own time, uh, often painstakingly, but it's a, um, it's, it's, I absolutely love it. I enjoy doing it. And, uh, so, um, I just wanted to make that correction for the newbies that might've heard me say that those that are veterans know, I mean, I don't use any iPod entities to promote the show or I don't have any kind of, uh, um, <clears throat> relationship and where I'm getting paid for sponsorship from anybody, uh, through those iPod entities. So, if you have something to fly Microsoft Flight Simulator on, then what is new and what is the future? Um, the future's looking bright. Uh, a private project that I've been working on, and when I say a private project, um, one of my favorite uh, it's not private in the sense that I'm paid by any developer. I'm not working with any developer. I'm not doing anything, but I can often generate a buzz 
um, within the forum community and within the community itself. And I don't go into details uh, on that side of my placement within uh, the flight sim community. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that know Griffin out there. And there's a lot of people that never heard of me. So, you know, but one of the airframes that is my absolute favorite airframe to fly because I love this plane is the Cessna um, Skymaster uh, 3370. And Coronado announced recently that they are on the finishing stages of that aircraft and the visuals look fantastic. Um, if their flight models follow the other Coronado planes that have been released on this platform, um, more than any other platform, their product shine. Um, they are finished, they work well, and um, they continue to improve uh, through updates and the like. Uh, much more readily than on other flight simulators. And uh, it looks fantastic. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but I'm going to buy it. I hope that it's available for Xbox Series X users. There's a lot that's coming out on, micro, uh, on the marketplace for Xbox Series X. I don't know what it is and, and what it isn't. There's other... Uh, Amazing projects that's being talked about, like the F-35, if you're into military aircraft. Um, and uh, there's uh, um, they're, they're working on Alaska. I know Alaska uh, is coming out. I don't know if that's paid for or if that's going to be uh, a free download. I think it's, I think it's going to just be an update. The world update, um, right now we're looking at a time frame of early September. Um, I believe that world update has been delayed from its previous date. Um, and, uh, you know, anytime they delay an update, it's actually a good thing because it means that it's much more refined when it comes out. Now there are still um, some bug issues that are going on um, in regards to the last uh, major update. There's been some hot, uh, what they call hot patch fixes, um, which has alleviated a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of issues, but there are still issues out there. So if you're having issues out there and you don't keep up on the latest stuff, don't panic. It's not your Xbox. It's not your rig. This is bugs that are still being worked out by the developers. There is some good news for people that are helicopter fans. There are some uh, major uh, Rotary aircraft releases due to come out in the near future. I don't have release dates on those. Helicopters are not my thing. But I know that there's a lot of people that uh, fly the sim that really love helicopter aircraft, rotary aircraft. And 
And uh, I know that there are people that listen to this podcast that are in the helicopters. You are going to get uh, uh, an infusion uh, for your fix uh, sooner rather than later. And uh, um, that's something that you guys uh, can continue to look forward towards. A company called Big Radials, which is an aircraft designer, they came out with their uh, Newport Vintage World War II biplane. Uh, for those of you that are really into that kind of a thing, um, there's a beautiful model that's, uh, that's available. I think it's in somewhere in between $20 or $30 if you're in uh, America or Canada. Uh, that's, that's what the price is. It, you know, Obviously, that price will be adjusted if you're in, in Europe or in, uh, or in the U.K., um, so, uh, those people that are into that kind of aircraft, uh, have a lot to look forward to as well. So you can affect change within the community if you rally people into wanting to get things done. VR was not even a glimmer in their eye when the simulator started. But the um, VR people got together, spoke as a cohesive unit, and really got the simulator developers to see that this was something that was important um, to a large faction of users. And... um, I'm not saying that I had a direct effect on Coronado doing this, the um, uh, Skymaster uh, 3370, but when I started talking about it, other people started talking about it. There were people that uh, uploaded uh, Skymaster footage in different forums and stuff, and it kind of took a life on its own. Um, I'm not saying that I was the direct start of that, but... There was nobody talking about Skymaster uh, um, uh, 3337, that's what it is, until uh, some of us simultaneously, probably by coincidence more than anything else, started talking about it. And now Coronado, with so many airframes to choose from, started working on the Skymaster uh, 337, which wasn't available in X-Plane 11, um, uh, unless it was, it might have been available as a port from X-Plane 10. But this is a gorgeous airframe that is um, set up to be sold in the marketplace um, within the next uh, little bit of time. So, we are talking about post-update uh, number five and some of the bugs that are that are going on. I've looked at the forums. I've looked around. I know my own experience. I'm not going to say that I have a completely bug-free experience, but a lot of the stuff that is going on, and here it is, the value of this program, is happening with NVIDIA cards. Tech tubers aren't saying that. They're just assuming if it happens 
with uh, with NVIDIA. It's happening with AMD. It is not happening with AMD. Some of the stuff that you have to change in the config file and stuff does not have to be changed with AMD processors. And why? Because it's configured for the Xbox. That's why. And the Xbox is a Radeon uh, Ryzen CPU, Radeon GPU solution. And it's optimized for those. Yes, you can tweak some things and get your NVIDIA cards running back to the way it was, but we don't have to do nearly as much tweaking as those guys do. And that's not being said, and it probably is not going to be said because it's going to, you know, it's kind of a, a weird observation that's not going to necessarily be noticed for a long time. Um, I tried to look up both subjects, at least within YouTube, and I put uh, bugs with NVIDIA and it lists all the bugs and how to change it and all the switches you can do. And I put in Radeon and it didn't show the bugs that it showed with NVIDIA and it didn't show any kind of bugs being listed at all. So that was interesting to me. And so everything that we hypothesized from the very beginning of this second season and a little bit backwards has come to be true. And people that said, oh, Xbox Series X version is not going to affect PC version. Ah! Update 5 has proven that to be totally false which is what I believed would be the case, again, way back when. So that was a little bit jumbled uh, towards the end there because I went back to talk about the Skymaster and, and to talk about the bugs. If you're rocking NVIDIA cards, the YouTube channels are... Uh, showing you the way go and look at those you might have to do some things that you're uncomfortable with um messing with the o l o d l o d files and stuff and uh i think that it is going to come around that you're going to be able to do more adjustments within the sim but i think that if us radeon card users are having a more stable experience. And I think we're going to continue to have a more stable experience even as time goes on. There's going to be a uh, big update, uh, I forgot to mention, that's going to involve um, um, some, some other parts of Europe, um, I think Denmark and some other things. And so... Things are just getting better and better uh, as we move on. And, and I think that's going to continue to be the case. There are over 1,200 add-ons to this sim in less than a year. 
when we talked about pre-release that Microsoft was going to change the sim world just because of its power within the marketplace. That has also proven to be true. 1,200 add-ons. That's airframes, airports, uh, terrain, um, environmental, uh, airport environmental stuff like traffic and It's just, just amazing. And it is continuing to snowball as we move on. It's what's going to put sim, other sims at a huge disadvantage. Whether we're talking X-Plane 11 or X-Plane 12 that's supposed to be on the horizon... And we have, notice I said we have very di- very little details on X-Plane 12. There's some digitized screenshots, but there's really no concrete um, explanations as to what kind of experience X-Plane 12 is going to be. I think it's going to be an improvement over X-Plane 11. I don't think it's going to be anything like Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. I don't think they're going to have the, the satellite companies lined up and the servers lined up and all of those things that make Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 a a, a completely, uh, like I said, um, generational leap um, that it is. Uh, It didn't go to the next generation. It went the generation beyond. It skipped a whole generation. And X-Plane 12 is not going to be able to do that. They're going to come out with the next gen flight simulator to them. So if X-Plane 11 and Microsoft Flight Simulator, they came out with level 13. Maybe even 14. So um I think you're in the best simulator that you can be for a long, long time. Okay, guys, uh, we're on the 59th minute and we're counting down. I want to thank everyone for bearing with me and being patient with my whole uh, strep throat laryngitis nonsense. And uh, I hope we uh, got you up to speed. Um. Episode 13 is going to be coming out in a little bit and we're going to have a flight sim adventure and we're going to um, talk about uh, some pertinent things regarding the simulator and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to have a lot uh, to look forward to. So I look forward to seeing you everybody 
there and that. So, again, I want to just thank everybody for their patience and uh, both on uh, listening to this broadcast with my um, harsh throat, throat and uh, patience on episode 13. Um, I'm still working on the flight some adventure. I want it to be something fun and out of the ordinary and it's it's. I've I've tried out a few things and they were like, eh, you know, kind of lackluster. So I wanted it to uh, to be something that that was going to be kind of kind of cool and unusual and have some extraneous facts around it as it were. I think we're going to have two episodes in quick succession, 13 and 14 because it's not going to be too long after the broadcast of episode 13. Um, the new uh, September update is supposed to come out, unless it's, you know, further delayed. So, we got a lot of things on the horizon um, that we're going to be talking about. And it's going to be interesting to see um, what fixes uh, the, uh, the new world update. Uh, in September, uh, which would be six, is going to have. And it's going to say a lot if the issues that are sort of been, I want to say plaguing, but uh, affecting uh, NVIDIA are not addressed. I think that shows the priority list uh, that NVIDIA is uh, with this new SIM. So, um, we're just going to have to wait and see how it all pans out. Um, but, uh, if you're flying an Xbox, um, from what I understand, there are no bugs. It was a very smooth launch for a program to be this complex and come out for a console and not have, you know, a lineage of bugs Again, if the program for Xbox has nothing to do for the program with, with the program uh, for PC, um, I, I don't if that doesn't show that there is an absolute connection, I don't know what else does. Um, it is definitely related and um, because all the bugs that were ironed out in the PC version were automatically, right, ironed out for the console version, the Xbox Series X version. Because they're the same program. Yes, there's going to be a little bit of tweaks here and there. But a lot of the tweaks are specs within the program itself. And it's running at a high level because, well, why are we buying these 3,000 PCs of Xbox? It's the power of devices being, um, I can't say the word, <laughs> proprietary. Because they all run together this, and they can hone the code for what that's going to be. And there are uh, 
sim tubers that are talking about um, how the coding is uh, people that are kind of in the know um, how the coding is being addressed um, within the sim um, update after update and that is a part of our whole Xbox Series X theory as well. So it's been a long ride and people, many people thought I was, you know, bat crap crazy, but You know, we, we put a lot of factors together and uh, we, we crawled on the ground and uh, walked through the weeds and uh, we put all of this together and uh, it's, it's coming to fruition. I've actually had a few people that said um, to me, uh, not based on the show, but based on... Um, some of the stuff that I talk to with people uh, privately and private forums and stuff, and they're like, holy crap, Griff, it looks like everything that you've said is, is coming to pass. So um, if you shared my views uh, to other people and were ridiculed, you get a last laugh too and pat yourself on the back for hearing something that makes sense and dissimulating yourself and going, you know, what Griff is saying makes sense. Um, I don't have any reason why it wouldn't be that way. And uh, so if you were able to recognize that, you know, you, you definitely deserve as much pat on the back as, as I do. And uh, I think I have the small, smartest audience out there. And uh, um, I think I've seen some of you on the forums. <laughs> not quoting me directly and that's fine you don't need to but um standing up for yourself and saying you know this is the situation that i believe is going to be and 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 getting hammered and uh you know it's just kind of funny so episode 13 is going to have a flight sim adventure on it we're going to have the first hour where we just talk about sim stuff and uh i'm looking forward to it I want you guys to take care of yourselves, stay healthy, do the proper things to not uh, be a COVID victim. You know what makes sense. Don't listen to a bunch of lunacy on the internet. Um, if you listen to that lunacy, we'd all be walking around with tuberculosis, mumps, and meningitis. So, you know... Stay healthy, take care of yourself so that you can take care of the people that you love and depend on you the most. And I will see all of you beautiful people and probably a few more very, very soon. Wheels up. Take care.